Welcome to Speak Up and Stay Alive Radio with author, speaker, and your host, Pat Rulo, serving you a generous helping of everything you need to know to help you and your loved ones stay safe during any doctor or hospital visit. The program is not intended to replace medical advice from a licensed professional, but rather to encourage you to become a well-informed participant in your health and well-being. And now, your host, Pat Rulo. Hello and welcome. I'm Pat Rulo, the voice for patient safety, where each week we delve into little-known healthcare and hospital hazards, as well as other fringe topics that affect your health and well-being. I'm so happy you've taken the time to join me, and today I have lots to share with you. So, let's dig right in, shall we? Well, when we hear the word abuse, often we think of physical attacks and violence. But what about psychological abuse? What does that look like? And what does that feel like? Today's guest shares her memoir with us that will help to answer those questions. The National Coalition Against Domestic Violence defines psychological abuse as trauma to the victim caused by verbal abuse, acts, threats of acts, or coercive tactics. And in the newly published book titled Sorrow to Shiro, Dr. Janita Bustle, today's guest, gives an honest look inside her experiences. When the unimaginable occurs, she shares how she was able to forgive and heal. Additionally, Janita discusses the hard life lessons that she has learned as a result of tragedy. This powerful memoir is a must-read for anyone in need of hope. Now, although Sorrow to Shiro shines a light on psychological abuse and the importance of mental health, it is also a vivid reminder that God always makes a way out of no way. Janita has been a public school educator for over 15 years. Her expertise includes STEM education, socio-emotional learning, and college and career readiness. Her passion is to give others hope and empowerment by sharing her testimony. She believes that one reason God allows us to all experience obstacles is so that we may help others make it through. Her education includes a Doctor of Education in Educational Leadership K-12 and a Master of Education in School Counseling from Dallas Baptist University. She also earned a Master of Arts in Teaching Secondary Education from the University of Michigan-Dearborn and a Bachelor of Science in Computer Science from Tennessee State University. Janita is the proud mom of two amazing children, and she says being a mother is her first priority and greatest accomplishment. And it is with pleasure to introduce her to you. So welcome to the show, Janita. Well, hello, Pat. Thank you so much. Wow, you are wonderful. Thank you. I thank you, too. I think you are wonderful. And the first thing I want to say to you is thank you. Thank you for writing the book, and thank you for sharing what I am sure is a personal and painful journey. So congratulations on that. Yeah, yeah. So as a way to get to know you, let's start maybe by sharing just a bit about yourself. Absolutely. Well, I am a proud native of Detroit, Michigan. I am a product of Detroit Public Schools. I have lived in the Dallas-Fort Worth Metroplex since 2008. 
I have been, as you stated, a public school educator for 15 years. Currently, I serve as a high school guidance counselor, and I am also the mom of two amazing children, ages 10 and 6. And so just from the bio that I read, it sounds like you had a very difficult journey. What inspired you to write this book? I'm sure it was the journey, but what about that journey said to you, hey, I've got to get this on paper? Well, there were a couple of reasons, Pat. However, my children were at the top of the list. This tragedy in my life that is that the book is centered around regarding my husband was documented in the news outlets. And so it was important that my children have my words regarding what actually occurred, even long after I'm gone. Uh, they were only seven and three years old when this tragedy shook up our lives. And additionally, I know that I am not the only person that has had some of these experiences. So through prayer and meditation, I came to the conclusion that it was time for me to share my testimony. That's interesting. So it was the media had gotten a hold of it. And as you said, you didn't want that to be the narrative because that's not, as we know, always correct. Absolutely. They just had a small snippet of what happened. And, you know, when that occurs, it, people speculate and mm. they let their imaginations uh, run wild. Yep, yep. <laughs> I wanted my children to have my words and I wanted them to know what happened directly for me. Absolutely. No, I understand that perfectly. Can you share a little bit about what happened, the tragedy that happened? Well, absolutely. So unfortunately, in August of 2017, my late husband uh, committed suicide during a police standoff following a domestic dispute. So the book really shines a light on, ab on abuse and emphasizes the importance of mental health. So the abuse was from your husband? It was from my late husband. Yes, ma'am. Um, never. It was never physical. It was always mental, verbal psychological abuse. Um, and one thing I'll share, I don't want to give the book away, right. but just to highlight the psychological piece, right before he committed suicide, he texted me twice and told me that it was my fault. Mm -hmm. So, you know, it, it really, it really shines a light on psychological abuse and mental illness, because I know that the man speaking to me that day wasn't my husband but it was, in fact, his illness. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Was that something that was underlying? Did you know this all along? Did it happen suddenly? How, were, how did you become aware that this wasn't the person who you thought it was? So we, he and I met in college. I met him as a 19-year-old sophomore at Tennessee State University, where he also was a sophomore. And, you know, when you're friends, your relationship can tend to be a little bit different than when you start dating and even from dating to getting engaged and engaged to becoming married. And so as he and I had this long friendship, I never noticed um, a dark shift in his moods. It was not until uh, we found out we were pregnant with my son that I started kind of seeing some things. And then it just got progressively worse over time. It just became worse and worse and worse. And so I believe that he suffered from a mental illness that was undiagnosed and became progressively worse over time. Mm -hmm. Sure. And then once you found out you were pregnant, that's not the time that you think about leaving. Right. You know? <laughs> right. Oh. Right. Absolutely. So then you've got... Absolutely. Yeah. Was this a 
a, a daily thing that happened or did it just pop up every now and then? It was off and on. And so, you know, we had highs and lows in our in our marriage, just like every other couple. When we were good, we were great. However, when things were bad, they were explosive. Um, and so that's pretty much what it was. I would not say this was something that was every day, but we definitely have, as I stated, highs and lows, ups and downs, definitely off and on throughout the marriage. And I'm sure there were conversations between the two of you to say, hey, what is this? Why is this happening? What can we do about it? Absolutely. Well, I would try to uh, get him into counseling. You know, I suggested counseling many times. And, you know, unfortunately, sometimes when someone doesn't think they have an issue, they're very dismissive of the counseling piece, which I, I believe to be very important. But unfortunately, he and I were not on the same page with regards to counseling or seeking help at all. Wow. So how long has it been since that occurred uh, between that and, and of your writing of the book? So the tragedy happened August of 2017, and I started the writing process towards the end of 2018. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Was that more of a cathartic to get the trauma out of you, or did you always know that you wanted to write that so that your children knew of the true situation? I knew that I wanted to write. I didn't know when. And, you know, I also knew that one day, you know, my children are very attentive, they're smart, and in the digital world that we live in, I realized that it's just a quick Google search for them, mm -hmm. and so I wanted them to know, again, for me, and so I knew that I would write, it was just a matter of time, mm -hmm. right. and it was very therapeutic for me. You know, I believe that we find out who we truly are when we are faced with extremely difficult and life-changing circumstances. Mm -hmm. I cried the first time that I read it from cover to cover. It caused me to look at myself in the mirror and acknowledge my own shortcomings. But it also made me realize that I am a lot stronger than I ever realized. Mm -hmm. So that was one of your takeaways from writing the book. You, you know, you always ask what you learn about yourself after writing a book? I think that's just a really good question for every author to think about once it's finished. Like, what did I get out of that and what did I learn about it? So you learned, first of all, that you were a stronger person than you might have believed. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. I learned that I was a lot stronger, um, that I had more grit than I ever realized. I, it also really tested my faith, and it helped me to realize that God is truly ever-present, and he's always there when we need him. That was a healing experience, I guess, for you to also write Absolutely. this book. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. So writing this was very therapeutic for me, and again, I cried the first time that I read it. It's become easier over time. Oh, sure. As most wounds over time, you know, they tend to heal. What about your children? What was their reaction to the book? Well, they're still they're still young, so they haven't read it. At the, um, they're 10 and 6 currently, and at the time that this occurred, they okay. were just 7 and That's 3. That's right. Okay. So they still do not know um, what I shared with them okay. is that, you know, Daddy was sick. Um, and passed away and that daddy's in heaven. Mm -hmm. And so, and I believe that that is the absolute truth. Yes. You know, mm -hmm. um, he was sick. You know, he did have some challenges. You know, he wasn't physically ill, but he was mentally ill. And I believe that those two are one and the same. No, absolutely. Absolutely. So this is going to be a gift for them as they get older. And think of the strength 
you know, you found strength in yourself after writing this. Think of the strength that they're going to realize when they understand what you went through and the guts it took basically for you to put this on paper and put it out there. They're going to learn so much from this. It's such a gift from you to them. Yes, ma'am. Absolutely. Yep. Absolutely. Now, the title is a stunning title, Sorrow to Shiro. Where did that title come from? How did that come about? So it represents a woman going through a transformation um, from a dark place, but she eventually comes into the light through prayer and meditation. So that's pretty much the transformation. If anyone can actually see the cover, I don't know um, if they will be able to see it. Hopefully they will. But the, there are two women on the front of the cover, um, and both of those images are of me. And so this is called an alter ego photo shoot that was taken, and the image was actually captured back in 2018. But anyone who can actually see the cover, you will see um, that it clearly is a woman in a dark place. And then the other side of her, finding that inner strength coming from within, she comes into the light. So that's where I came up with the title. I love it. And yes, they will see the cover on our website. I will definitely have the book cover on the site so they could so they could see that and they'll know that that like you say that's a picture of you both ways i love the cover and i absolutely love the name it's good and because we always when you think of when you think of heroes it's always hero and you think of you know your favorite superhero mm -hmm. um but you know us women us girls you know we're heroes also yes. in our in our own way so that's where it came from <laughs> i like it i like it and the tagline <laughs> pain power and peace yes let's talk about those words so with pain um obviously that's the you know the pain of being in an abusive marriage you know that is the pain of of realizing that you know your life is not always a fairy tale even in my childhood i do i discuss a little bit of my childhood even though the book focuses on my marriage and the aftermath of tragedy I do sprinkle uh, some a little bit of my childhood there. And so, you know, I learned very early that life and the tragedies of life can happen to anyone and it doesn't discriminate. You know, life does not discriminate. Circumstances can change at any given time. Mm -hmm. And then power, I believe that uh, with healing comes power. Um, and so, you know, for me, my healing has been my choice and I have, I have chosen to find healing through prayer and meditation and then peace. You know, I believe that when you truly forgive someone, that's when your peace comes because holding on to unforgiveness, you know, it may sound like a cliche, but it's so true. It only hurts us. It does not hurt the offender. And then what do you do when the person who you're waiting to receive an apology, uh, that person, you'll never get that. You know, I will never get an apology from my husband because he's no longer here. But I choose to forgive him anyway, even though I will never get that apology that I believe that I deserve. Mm -hmm. And so that's where I got the subtitle, Pain, Power, and Peace. I love that. Uh, Janita, where did you find forgiveness? It's easy to say we should forgive where did your forgiveness come from? So it was a process. First of all, I highly recommend grief counseling. 
I, I am definitely a proponent of grief counseling. And so I started there. My church um, played a, a key role, my faith. I am also a proponent of yoga. I've been practicing yoga for four years. And so through prayer and meditation came forgiveness. One thing I, that I thought about, and this, it took me a minute to realize some things. When I started digging even deeper into my late husband's background, and this came from family and friends, I realized that, you know, he had some deep-rooted issues that probably should have been addressed long before he and I ever met. Mm -hmm. And so my healing really came when I realized, you know, this was this was his illness, you know, and I could not continue being so angry. I mean, I was furious at him for so long, but I couldn't continue being so angry at someone that in many ways was a victim himself. Yes, I'm glad you said that because we're talking about the victims of this kind of abuse, and it usually is the person on the receiving end. But what if someone recognizes, maybe just through this conversation that you and I are having, that they themselves behave in this way toward other people? What suggestions or what thoughts do you have that they could do to help themselves and also help the people that they're inflicting this, this kind of uh, psychological warfare on? Well, I am, in my bio, you talked about that I specialize in socio-emotional learning. So socio-emotional learning is a process by which we come to understand and manage our own emotions. And there are five core competencies. One of those is self-awareness, and then the other one is self-management. And just with those two, those top two, I think it's important to just be, once you become aware, someone makes you aware that you are causing internal harm, you have to acknowledge that. You have to acknowledge that and you have to be willing to seek out help and not be so dismissive to the other person's feelings to think, ah, oh, you know, I don't have a problem. You know, there's nothing wrong with me. And that's where counseling comes in. So with self-management, sometimes we don't realize how much help we need with self-management and managing our own emotions. You know, we as adults, you know, we have careers, we, you know, we have our spouse, we have our children, even grandchildren, and we think, you know what, we have everything figured out. But the reality is that oftentimes we don't. And so we can't be afraid to seek out help when we know in our hearts that we truly need it. Yes, self-awareness. And that's a hard one because, as you say, you can, you can point something out to someone, but for them to accept the fact and be capable of saying, yes, I am aware that I am this way and what can I do to change? That's, that's kind of a big nut to crack. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Now, were you a person of faith and very spiritual during your life or did it become more prominent after this where you were trying to look for a way to heal? Well, I always had a relationship with God. I am a Christian, so I believe that Jesus Christ is my Lord and Savior. Um, but I didn't have the strongest relationship with him until this event unfolded and I had to lean on him. So, you know, my husband was a director of engineering for a, a very large medical supply company and, and therefore he was the breadwinner of our family. And so, you know, I have always heard of what was said 
regarding, you know, suicide and, and, and insurance policies and so forth. And I'm thinking, oh, my God, I have these two children. What in the world am I going to do now? Um, and in the book, anyone reading, you know, they will see that God showed up for us. He really did. He showed up. We haven't missed a beat. And, you know, there are certain things in our lives, and this was one for me, where I realized this was nothing but God. Mm -hmm. This was absolutely, and I say this unapologetically, it was nothing but by the grace of God that we didn't lose anything. And quite frankly, that we're still here because I realized that, you know, it could have been four caskets instead of one. You hear about murder, suicide mm -hmm. all the time. Mm -hmm. um, and God spared us. He was here with us all along. Oh. Wow. That's a chilling thought, isn't it? Yes, yeah. absolutely. Well, thank absolutely. you. Thank you for being brave enough to, to be out here talking about this because I'm sure there are many other people in this situation. I don't, I think the whole psychological abuse conversation kind of gets um, put to the wayside. We're more concentrated, as I said at the beginning, uh, the beginning of the program of physical abuse. Right. Yeah. It's right. There, there's really not a, really not a whole lot of, of information about psychological abuse because you're absolutely correct. We do tend to focus on the physical abuse, which is which is traumatizing also, obviously. But psychological abuse can leave damaging effects on a person. I mean just damaging, especially um, when the victim does not receive proper counseling. Mm -hmm. No, and especially when the victim already has some self-doubt or some issues mm -hmm. of self, then they mm -hmm. just take that as, okay, I guess I deserve this and this is who I am because, you know, so-and-so said so or makes me feel that way. So it's a pretty complicated Absolutely. situation. It, it is complicated. And for me, you know, I took my vows seriously. I wanted my marriage to work. I did everything that I could to keep my family together. And, um, you know, I believe then for better or for worse. However, when the other person's worse mm -hmm. is a threat to my safety and that of my two children, then at this point, I have to put my children first and step away. Absolutely. Oh, absolutely. And I was I would suggest anyone in that position um, to do the same. Yeah. Yeah. That That's not a point in time where you think twice, especially little people involved. Absolutely. Yeah. Yes, ma'am. So what do you want others to take away from this book? If there was a single nugget where you said, hey, this is what I want. This is the, the gift I want to give you from this book. What would that be? Mine would be is to never take life for granted. Never take people for granted, you know, count your blessings and just never take life for granted. Know that God is ever present. If you would just trust him, he's always there. And that oftentimes, what you're looking for, the strength that you need to overcome is there all along, you as it was for me. Thank you. Thank you for that. So what's next for you? Any other books now that this one is published and out? Did it did it excite well, your writer, your <laughs> inner writer? <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm actually thinking about that. And actually, I was I was writing two books simultaneously, um, this and then my dissertation, which I just finished. I just completed that, so I actually have uh, two books being published. But you know, I at this, I just want to focus on being a mom. I feel like that 
since this tragedy occurred, you know, life has just been, I've been constantly on the go and I haven't had a moment to rest. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So now is my time to actually finally kick my feet up and just, and just get some much needed rest. Yes. uh, You need a break from all of this. And, you know, it was probably important though, that you wrote this book close after this happened and not to have given that too much time, you know, while you were just kind of in the throes of all of it, just from a self-healing aspect as well. Absolutely. Yep, yep. Absolutely. I, I wanted everything to be fresh. You know, anyone reading this book, they will, they know, anyone that has read it or will read it, that the language is raw and so are the details. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just, I just wanted to be completely transparent. That was very important to me. I didn't want to talk over anyone's head. Uh, I wanted to be very, very relatable. And so I hope that, I hope and pray that I accomplished that. Oh, I'm sure you have. It's been published for a a good month now, hasn't it? Yes, ma'am. Yes. So what feedback have you been hearing from readers? It has been overwhelmingly positive. Um, The book is available on Amazon and Barnes & Noble um, and all other online uh, retail book outlets. And if I could just pick one word, I mean, the first word that comes to mind that I've, I've seen in my reviews has been transparent. Um, another is honest. Another is compelling. But the transparency is the one that really sticks out because that was my goal. Mm-hmm. I really wanted to be just open and honest. I wanted to be an open book, literally. Yes. Yes, that's a beautiful word. Well, seldom in this world do we find much transparency. And so when, when you do, I think, mm-hmm. we, I think we recognize it and appreciate it for what it is. So again, I said it earlier, congratulations to you. Thank you. Yes. Thank you so much, Pat. I appreciate that. Well, I mean it sincerely. Well, now, is there anything we missed that uh, you would like to talk about today? I want to make sure we touch on everything that's important to you. No, ma'am. I think that's pretty much it. Um, for all those that are listening, thank you so much for your support. You can find me on Instagram at Dr. J. Bustle. That's Dr. J. Bustle. That's B-U-S-S-L-E. And on Facebook at Dr. Janita Bustle. And then my website, www.drjbustle.com. Excellent. So it's drjbustle.com, Dr. J. Bustle, which is B-U-S-S-L-E. And the name of the book is Sorrow to Shiro. I love Shiro, Dr. Janita Bustle. All right, my friend, any final words before we say goodbye? No, ma'am. Just thank you so much. And God bless everyone that's listening. Listen to Pat Rulo and Speak Up and Stay Alive Radio. Stay safe from little-known healthcare and hospital hazards. To learn more, go to speakupandstayalive.com. That's speakupandstayalive.com. Would you like to make your dreams become a reality? Well, I have an answer for you. You might remember I interviewed an author named Bill DeBarba recently and shared his segment with you on his show. His book is called The Process of Living, and it represents the method that defines who we present ourselves to be, to ourselves and to others. It also provides all the tools we need to change our lives however we wish, and it consists of three simple parts, thoughts, feelings, and actions. 
these components and how they interact with each other define our life on this earth. And it really is that simple. So get a copy of the book. It's called The Process of Living by Bill DeBarba, and you can find it at Amazon.com or visit the website theprocessofliving.com. That's theprocessofliving.com. Hi there, my name is Gina, and I'm part of a global movement of people who are taking action to protect and preserve this great planet of ours. I would love for you to join us. Meet me at mrsgreensworld.com and engage with us by listening to our dynamic podcasts, reading our blogs, watching our videos, and connecting with us on social media. We are showing up every day as disruptors for good, being the change we wish to see in the world. Take action today and join us. No, you've been a good friend. And that's in the thick and thin. And I know it's never gonna end. Cause you've been a good friend. I recently narrated and produced an audiobook for author Joni Dark Shepherd. The book is titled Rio, a love story, how my dog saved my life. Most of you know that I was a caretaker for my mom for nearly a decade and also have been rescued by 13 cats, so Joni's book resonated. Her boundless love and commitment to both her mother and sister as they battled cancer was raw, real, and revealing. As the darkness of these times descended upon her, she discovered and allowed the love of her dogs, especially Rio, to light up her life. Joni Dark Shepherd and the honest portrayal of her journey left me crying, smiling, and feeling happy. And isn't that what a good book is supposed to do? A compassionate and passionate read. Get yourself a copy today. Visit Amazon.com or the website JoanAndRio.com. I guarantee it, you'll love the book, Rio, A Love Story, How My Dog Saved My Life. Visit Joan and Rio. Well, my friend, that's all the time we have today. Always goes so quickly, but I will be back next week. Meantime, head over to the website, speakupandstayalive.com. My new book is out. It really is a must read for patients, for providers, for family members. I mean, if you deliver health care, if you receive health care or if you are watching somebody receive health care, you really need to get a copy of this book. 31 healthcare experts from around the country, I found them, interviewed them, transcribed their audio interview to text, and it is just a beautiful outcome. It is called Highway to Heart, Humor and Honesty in Healthcare. And to show you how important of a book it is, the foreword is written by Dr. Lucian Leap, the founder, the father of patient safety. It really, really is an important read. Everybody should have a copy of it, um, $22 at the website, speakupandstayalive.com. Alrighty, I am gone, but not forgetting about talking about the coronavirus, and hopefully I will be back next week with some more goodies to say about that. 
Until then, I hope you have a healthy and a happy week. Please stay safe, stay sane, and come back next week. I am Pat Rulo, and I am the voice for informed choice and patient safety. The information provided in today's broadcast is for informational purposes only and was not intended for use as diagnosis or treatment of a health problem and should not be considered as medical advice. If you've missed part of today's show or just want to share the information with friends, you can listen to all of Pat's previous shows at speakupandstayalive.com. Want even more information? Purchase a copy of Pat's book at speakupandstayalive.com. Once again, it's speakupandstayalive.com. Or you can call Pat at 440-725-5462. Until next week, remember, it's okay to ask others to wash their hands. You have to speak up and stay alive.